Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five-minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Welcome back to campus here at Trade Show University. I am so glad that you are here today. This is Jim Cermak, your host, and today I am honored to have on Glenn Hansen, who is the CEO of BPA Worldwide. He and his organization have set the standards for digital events, which was lacking for so many years, and we are going to be talking about that and why it's important. If you do any sort of digital events, you need to listen to this this entire episode. So much great wisdom and, and information that you're going to take from it. And before we dive in, we just want to make sure that you are subscribed. Whatever podcast player you are listening to, please hit that subscribe button and make sure you are subscribed to our newsletter. If you're not, why not? Not only are you going to get a great tip every single week, you're going to be the first to know about upcoming new stuff, which there's so much new stuff coming up, and it comes first in the newsletter. So just get over to tradeshowu.biz, and right there on the homepage, you could drop your email address. I've even got a free gift for you right there, so go do that. And then once a quarter, if you're on the email newsletter list, I give, I give stuff away. I just had the three winners of a hardcover copy of the book from John Lee Dumas, The Common Path to Uncommon Success. Just phenomenal, game-changing book for a lot of businesses. And just give three away just for being on the newsletter list, so make sure you do that. Now let's go in and talk with Glenn Hansen. Welcome, everybody. I am so excited for today's interview. My guest is really known as a, a global leader in data and in data assurance. And what does that all mean? I guess so we're going to find out today together what what that means and why is that so important. Today, I have on Glenn Hansen. He is the CEO of BPA Worldwide. His team has worked extensively with governmental media and event industry organizations globally, establishing world-class verification standards. And that's really what we're going to be diving in today. Under Glenn's leadership, BPA pioneered trade show attendance auditing in China and then expanded its global presence. He is known as a global thought leader in the area of data assurance. Glenn, welcome to Trade Show University. Very, very honored to have you here today. Oh, delighted to be here. Thank you. So you have been at the helm of, of BPA for, for over 20 years and been with them for... Wow, almost your entire career, and that is just just amazing. Tell tell give everybody a little bit of background of what BPA does. Sure, BPA is in the business of providing assurance, hence the BPA. It was founded back in 1931, and back then it was something called controlled circulation audit, which in the 50s became business publication audit, and now is business of providing assurance. Uh, it's a not-for-profit membership organization that was founded to make sure the seller of advertising space, 
back in the thirties, it was print media, but of course, you know, in the event space, we're talking face-to-face live events and digital and hybrid events. But the notion was to hold the seller's feet to the fire, to make sure the seller is telling the buyer the truth about what will happen if you advertise, sponsor, exhibit with that particular seller. So in fact, we say we're in the truth business. And, and so we, we are a referee, if you will, between the seller and buyer of advertising space in all forms, except for broadcast, to make sure that, in fact, the transaction is being based on trust and truth. Fantastic. And I, I know being in marketing my entire career, at so, in some level or another, you always wonder, oh, are they telling me the truth with these circulation numbers? Are they telling me the truth with these attendance numbers? It's great to know that there's an organization like yours that exists to, like you said, hold people's feet to the fire because it's hard earned money that's being spent. You want to make sure it's spent wisely. So thank you for, thank you for giving us a little bit of background there. You know, let's, let's go back over the last couple of years with COVID. Obviously, every, all, every live event around the globe got canceled at one point and companies and show producers, show organizers started shifting di- to digital. These, uh, these digital events, you know, at first they were a little clunky. <laughs> I'm sure that a lot of things happened that, that were not intended. What did you see when, when this shift happened? Well, I, I, it started with us, with the Consumer Electronics Show. They're a member of BPA. They have their show in the U.S. and their show in China audited. And they do so because they're members of an organization in Europe called UFI, U-F-I, which is a trade association of trade show organizers. And uh, to be a member of UFI, you must have one of your shows audited. And they, in fact, have a UFI-approved event seal. So a show like the Consumer Electronics Show is interested in not only being a member of UFI, but having that good housekeeping seal of approval that they're telling the truth about the attendance, the demographics of the attendance, and the exhibition space. How much did they sell? How much was to a domestic provider? How much was to an international provider? And so on. So the CTA, Consumer, sorry, Computer Technology Association, which owns CES, you know, they rang us up in the fall of 20 saying the January 21 event in Las Vegas is not going to happen live. We're going to do it digitally, but we're uncertain what the metrics should be. Can you give us some advice there? And so we conversed with the powers to be at UFI asking the question, you know, what metrics do you want to see for digital events to be held on par with what you were accustomed to seeing in the face-to-face environment? And UFI had said, well, actually, Glenn, we're getting that question from all over the world. And we don't just have an answer yet. And I said, well, look, we helped originally draft the guidelines for in-person face-to-face events. We, we volunteered. We'd be very happy to put a working group together of trade show organizers, of tech platforms, of exhibitors, and data analysts to talk through this issue of what should the metrics be for a digital event or a hybrid event on par with face-to-face. And so we took that on. They said, yes, please do. And we did. It took us, so we met every Thursday for 90 minutes for about four or five weeks in the beginning and handed off to UFI what we thought the metrics should be for digital on par with face-to-face. And they took that on. Their executive committee approved. Eventually, a few months later, the board approved. And in the summer of 21, we now had new UFI standards that covered digital, hybrid, and face-to-face. But, and that's a big but, In the process, what we found 
was that there was no standard by the tech platforms in almost everything, meaning the data format itself. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you're a data wonk and you look at the, the data and you have date formats, is it month, month, day, day, year, 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 or is it year, year, day, day, month, month, or any variation thereof? And so organizers, both on the trade show side and on the corporate events side, who may have been using more than one platform for various events, you know, because they, they spread, didn't put all their eggs in one basket. When they go to ingest that data and make intelligence out of it, they have to first spend a lot of human blood, sweat, and tears to get that stuff in a format that they can commonize and now analyze and, and as I say, get the intelligence. So then we did a bit of a deeper dive asking the appropriate questions. And it wasn't just the data format that wasn't done to a standard. There was no taxonomy, right? So we had to create a glossary of terms and give standard definitions to these things. And then we dig a little bit deeper and we find out that the actual application of a definition to something was not done uniformly by the tech platforms. So <laughs> a case in point would be a session. If I'm a sponsor at a corporate event or at a, a trade show or I have a booth and I would like to know how many people attended a session that had content relevant to what I'm selling as an exhibitor or as a sponsor. And, you know, we all do these things. You come into a Zoom session as we are now, and I dialed in, we were to start at 12. I probably came in around 11.55. So the clock in some tech platforms starts ticking at 11.55. Oh. Now we're in this session and we've said we've committed to 30 minutes. The session could run long, maybe it runs short and the clock is supposed to stop. But we found the tech platforms did not have a mechanism to detect when things should stop. So if I came in at 11.55 and I logged on, and it, oh, of course, it's just you and I now, so we are going to end this at an appropriate time. But right. if it were a session and I was multitasking at my desk and not really paying attention, looking at another screen, the session could come and go and I don't log out. And we've had some platforms log people for eight hours you know, oh. in, a, in a session that was supposed to run 30 minutes. And so we had to come up with standards because the tech platforms and actually more the organizers did not want a communication to pop up to say to the user, are you still there? You know, if there's been no activity for 15 minutes, hey, shouldn't we check if you're there? And if you don't respond to that, maybe we count you as logged out. You can log back in, but maybe we automatically log you out. And I get it. Some organizers feel that that's not a good user experience for people who are attending sessions. So aside from that, we had to come up with a way to define when does a session start, when does a session end, and make sure that the tech platforms all do it to a standard so that when I ingest data from various platforms for various events, and I look at averages and time spent in a session, for example, I know it's all done to a standard now, and it is apples to apples, right? So we had to say, effectively, you can't start the clock until the content is starting to be delivered. So not, not the schedule on the program. The program says this session is going to start at nine, but let's say it starts at 9.05. So you have to start when the content starts and you can count no more than the programmed session time. So if the program session time is 45 minutes, you can't count anybody more than 45 minutes in a second. Stop. And then separate from that, in doing this deeper dive, we found out in the digital space, 
unlike face-to-face, people come in and out. Face-to-face, you walk into the session room, you know, they probably barcode you at the door, they scan it, you sit down, the session starts. If it's not really what you were expecting, or if the opening line isn't really, didn't resonate with you, you might take your cell phone out and you might start doing some text or email or something like that. You generally don't get up and walk out of the room. Right. Right. But in a digital environment, you sure as hell do. Right. You, you tune in you're like, oh, this is nothing like I expected. I got I'm going to multitask now. And in fact, I will log out. I, I you know, if it was a, a panel and there's a speaker that's doing an introduction, you know, I might wait and come back in to see what the content is. And so what we found is the average gets greatly affected by the people who are in for the first three minutes or less. So as part of the standard, we stipulated you should count them separately. Not to say don't count them, but say how many people attended less than three minutes of a session versus how many people attended three minutes or more of the session, not to exceed the full length of the session. And it's that latter group that you would really use to determine your average participation time and not get it skewed by people less than three minutes who, who, who've walked out of the room effectively, and also not get it skewed by technology that counts eight hours because somebody didn't log out, right? <laughs> and so those are some of the challenges that we, we faced that we went through this discovery stage. And so when we were talking with the UFI organization, you know, we started in February of 21, we were finished by the end of March. That was phase one, done and dusted, put to bed. And then we realized phase two was going to be a heavier lift. And that was, how do we come up with the glossary, the definitions, the criteria, the data format? And that took us from March all the way through August, 15 people, 90 minutes a week, every week, dealing with these issues to then come out and publish standards. We have a set of data tables. There are 17 data tables that, as far as we can tell, cover everything from digital asset downloads all the way on through participation, whether or not you're a foreign or a domestic delegate, what is a delegate versus a participant, all that sort of stuff. And we coined the phrase reporting standards for digital events, RSDE or RISD. So reporting standards for digital events. And then we created a site as a repository for all this stuff called rsdeglobal.org. So RISDglobal.org is where anybody can go, download the standards. We have user's guides for the organizers separate from the exhibitor, separate from the tech platform. And we really encourage the tech platforms to come in and look at the standard and, and do a bit of a gap analysis against their tech to say, okay, what do we have to do in the next iteration to get up to speed with what this standard is and make sure that we are counting things correctly to make life easier for the organizers and the exhibitors who have to ingest and make intelligence. Wow. Wow. So much there. Wow. You, you guys, the, the thing I love the most, well, what you said is you really took a common sense approach to it. It wasn't just looking at raw data. It's, it's like you said, who, who's, who, who logged out in the first couple of minutes? Obviously we shouldn't include them for the people that stayed for an entire hour. That is people that they've realized, oh, I clicked on the wrong session. I, you know, for whatever reason, they were not part of it. So that common sense approach and having that team of, of people, it wasn't done in a vacuum. It was done across, uh, you said 15 different people 
from uh, I'm sure a variety of industries and that were experts coming together to to bring all these standards together. And I will definitely make sure we, we drop a link to the rsdeglobal.org website for everyone to go in there and check out what is going on and and what are the standards in the industry. What do you as a as an exhibitor, as a sponsor, as a as a tech platform, what do you need to be looking at and what should you expect from the data that comes out of these digital events? Just outstanding. And then we went on and, and we have a phase three of the project, which was we noticed some of the tech platforms were claiming ownership of the data. And that was rather offensive to the organizers. Oh. And so we drafted terms and conditions on data ownership. And so they're also on the website for people to download. So as you're going into contractual discussions with tech platforms, we provide these terms and conditions as guidance. Take it what you want use all of it or use some of it or use none of it, but at least it's there to make sure we are not going into this sleepwalking, which was a comment one of the organizers had made at another webinar that, you know, when COVID happened, everybody ran into digital and maybe didn't look at the fine print on what was actually happening. So we put that together and then we developed an RFP. So there's a template request for proposal that if you're an organizer or a corporate person and you're looking to shop again for these tech platforms, We've got a generic RFP up there that you can use for that. And then the last bit, phase four, was coming back to holding the, the, the feet to the fire, is a certification program to make sure that tech platforms who wish to claim they are compliant, that in fact, they literally are. So look at their seal of approval that they can go out and differentiate themselves in the marketplace with it. Outstanding. Giving everyone, like uh, just like BPA, truth and transparency. Uh, that they know that what they're what they are getting and is going to be the same. So when they're, if you're a show organizer and you're you're trying to figure out which platform do I go with, which tech platform do I go with, that you can rest assured if they if they have that that seal of approval, or you could start asking the the questions: Are they are they following RSDE? And so you'll know that you're getting more of an apples to apples comparison to help you make a better decision overall. This is outstanding stuff. And so for, for show organizers to better understand their event, how will they know how to, what, what kind of data is going to be available? What should they look for? Well, they should look for the, the seal of approval to make sure that the tech platform is giving them what they need in a format that they can then ingest and make available to their exhibitors. What we did not do is state what the report format should be. We, we do believe that that should be up to every organizer, up to every tech platform. What we wanted to say is the raw data is done to a standard. And now how you want to make reports and a dashboard out of that, that's not part of the standard. That would be up to each individual tech platform. Again, working with the organizers who are saying they have a unique need to get this out for their exhibitors. And so it would be customized, right? So we're not dictating as part of the standard what the organizers output should be. We leave that up to them. Fantastic. Obviously, this is not a mandatory thing where, where a tech platform, if they are not following this, they're not going to be shut down or anything like that. What can organizers and exhibitors, sponsors do to really push this forward to make sure that this, this compliance is in place? Well, it's a push-pull. I mean, we need the exhibitors to stress to the organizers 
that they need this data in a standard format so they can make intelligence, as I say, across all of the events at which they are a, an exhibitor. And with the organizer, for the same reasons, you know, if they're going to use multiple platforms for multiple events, and they're looking to get some just general intelligence out of how successful their show is, they should have that data done to a standard. And so we would want the organizers and the exhibitors to become aware and to ask the question, what platform am I using? Is it performing to a standard? And are all the platforms we're using to that same standard? Yes or no. And then on the other end, you know, the RISD people, which is us here at BPA, we're reaching out to the tech platforms, making them aware of the standard and, and positioning to them why they should be certified as a best business practice. So, so important. And we can probably talk about this for hours as <laughs> you've, you've taken, I can only imagine the number of hours that you've put into just coming to this final, here that is, here's our 17, our 17 standards, our 17 data tables, all of that that has gone into it is just probably when you combine it, thousands and thousands of man hours that have gone into pulling this together. I would love to just dive into to more of that, but we are time restricted today. But thank you for, for giving us the, the awareness and, and the website for people to go deeper. What if you can have one or two key takeaways that you want people to, to get from our conversation today, what would that be? Well, I think the first is just general awareness. You know, unless you do the deep dive into the data, you wouldn't know what was happening. I mean, honestly, our group in phase one did not know what was happening. It was only through discovery by asking the right questions and, you know, it's sort of like the, you know, the dog and you turn, you huh? you know, and they get that answer that didn't make sense. And so every time I have presented this, I can tell you organizers and to exhibitors, they all do that dog lick. They go, oh yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. And we kind of rushed into this and yes, that makes sense. So I think one of the key takeaways would certainly be there are so many things in life that you do to a standard that there's a, an industry body or a governmental body or somebody out there who's doing things to protect you. And this is one of those instances. And so we would encourage everyone to recognize that that's what a standard provides to you, that it is for the industry's benefit. The rising tide raises all boats. So let's get on board and you know, sail away. So we'd like the exhibitors and the organizers to recognize that this has been done to their benefit and how it will help them make better intelligence out of the events that they are either organizing or sponsoring. I think that's key. So, so key. And so for everyone listening, get over to B. Oh, I'm sorry. Go over to rsdeglobal.org. Find out what those, what those 17 standards are. Become well-versed on it so that you know and you can protect yourself and also know what opportunities lie in front of you. Outstanding. So uh, just really, really appreciate that, Glenn. Now, if people want to get more information about P BPA or how they can get in touch with you, which, uh, what would be the best ways for them to do that? I suppose by email, which is G-H-A-N-S-E-N -E at B-P-A-W-W, -W, which stands for Business of Providing Assurance Worldwide, B-P-A-W-W.com. So again, G Hansen at bpaww.com outstanding glenn thank you so much i'll drop i'll drop his email in the show notes for those of you who are on the treadmill or driving or whatever however you're listening to this we really appreciate the glenn really really appreciate you taking the time 
getting us all up to speed on these new standards or, and they've been just, they are fairly new. When, when was it finalized? Well, we launched at the end of January of this year. So, okay. Yeah. yeah these are, these are very, very new. Yeah. So get up to speed and, and make everybody aware about it. Glenn, thank you so much for joining me today. Really, really appreciate it. Super. Thank you, Jim. Take care.